Hello and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Mika Anani and I am your host. Here on The Connected Generation, we explore all things legacy wealth and legacy businesses. How can you build businesses and wealth that would outlive the founders and have sustained impact not only over time, but also over space? And we have these conversations with genuine curiosity authenticity and vulnerability. This week, I was joined by a returning guest, Guillermo Salazar, who was on right at the beginning of the podcast journey back in episode 36, where he spoke about the hero's journey. It was an absolutely fascinating episode, and I definitely encourage you to check it out. That's episode number 36. And who is Guillermo? He is a prolific author. He's written several books in the family enterprise space. He is a family business owner himself who originates from Venezuela. And he's now based in the US and he serves enterprising families. And he's an expert on corporate governance, family legacy, succession, a lecturer, an educator. And he's also received several awards. So he's very good at what he does. Brought him on because he's just recently released a new book called A Road to Triumph in Family Business. And I found it a really fascinating read. Not only did I find it fascinating, I found it extremely practical. And I thought it'd be really helpful for, for you all to just hear more about himself, hear more about his journey and hear more about his upcoming book. So I'd encourage you to listen in and enjoy. Hi, Guillermo. It's awesome to have you back on The Connected Generation. How are you today? My pleasure to be back. Thank you very much. Awesome. Um, Today, you are a prolific author, a family business consultant, an educator. Um, Can you share with the audience how you got to where you are? Well, it's been a a long journey. Uh, um, I come from a family business back in Venezuela. With a, a very different country that is right now. And um, I started to figure out how can I improve my relationship with my family. Uh, I'm an architect and we were um, devoted to the construction business. Mm-hmm. And one day I discovered a book uh, of a friend of mine. Uh, he eventually became a friend of mine uh, that was related with family businesses. And I get fascinated uh, of this content. I, I fall in love with the idea of fixing any situation with my family. And then I start to study about family businesses. I then moved to Spain and I um, learned a lot about family relationships in a, a psychological uh, way and and then i start to do consultancy by myself and i've been living here in the us for 10 years and now i am leading a group of uh, consultants in basically in latin america and spain and we've been working helping families to deliver with the issues of relationship emotional issues uh, conflict resolution family governance everything that is related with trying to put a little of order in the natural, informal, and happy way to understand a family. Mm, mm. There's a lot to unpack there. So you, your family business was in the construction space and you were next 
generation? Yes, I am second generation. Awesome, awesome. And in terms of the Latin American landscape and Spain versus the US, can you just educate us on like the, the differences or similarities? Yeah, well, family business. Mm -hmm. yes, in family business, there are some certainly some similarities. Uh, family dynamics are very, very similar. Uh, you will always have the same situation on uh, how to deal with a relationship between a, a, a father and uh, his children, uh, how to deliver the possible solution between parents and their children. And that's basically the same in every country. Mm. But issues related with um, business will depend on what market are you based in. So markets like in Latin America compared with the U.S. market in terms of sizes of businesses, uh, there are there are huge differences. So what a leading family business means to a society in, for example, Costa Rica, with the size and the complexity of the of the business and the market they work in, you can almost translate that kind of complexity to a medium-sized family business in the U.S. Because uh -huh. this is this is the different, you know, economy. We in Latin America don't have a, a, a huge stock market like we have here in the U.S. And the options that you have when you have to decide on what to do with your business if you would like to sell the business or keep on going with your own family, that options are not that available in Latin America, for example. You won't have an offer to buy your business, mm -hmm. not like here in the US. Selling your business is an option. Selling a business in Latin America, a family business, uh, you will have it very hard to do. Mm -hmm. So basically the best option is to keep on going with the business with the next generation. And that's a huge difference because the options that you have are, you know, uh, or you do it, 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 it won't be the, the succession that you are planning to. Mm -hmm. So that's the, basically the main difference. So most will have to keep it growing and in keeping it growing, what kind of challenges um, do they face? So the challenges are basically uh, related with relationship among the owners and future owners on those relationships are stressed uh, for uh, reasons that I can, I, I will describe that are based on the way that they communicate among themselves. So communication is always the base to improve any relationship, any situation, any idea that you would like to explain from one generation to the other, but communication will help us to build the bridges on how to deliver that idea of the founder to the next generation. Mm -hmm. So that's a kind of, of starting point that we have with every family that we work with. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And you wrote this book, A Road to Triumph in Family Business, which is such a fantastic practical book. Um, can you share just the inspiration behind it. Yes, and um, thank you. Uh, this book, um, okay, A Road to Triumph in Family Business is um, answer to a question. And the question was, is it possible to help a family business to uh, create a family charter 
without a consultant, without mm. a live consultant working with you, because um, we discovered that there are certain families, either because they don't have the size or the complexity, either because they cannot afford uh, a, a process, or either they don't want to work with anyone, but would like to have a charter. Uh, let's build on, a, on the idea that we can create a guide, a reading guide, step by step to help those families to get a first draft of a, of a charter that they can use in order to establish the rules to work as a family business. So that's the inspiration of the book. And that's why the book is so practical. It's full of exercises of self-reflection um, uh, um, questions. And, and in fact, you have to buy the book and you have to buy a pen because you have to write <laughs> down in the book and answer the questions. And then with that answer, you have to go to the next page and select what will be the best for you in your case. Mm, mm. No, it's, it's, it's really a self help guide um, and truly is. Um, and I just wanted to, you mentioned that it's really for those families that may be smaller um, and may not be able to afford a consultant. Are there, in your experience, are there distinct differences between smaller family businesses and larger ones? Are the issues the same? Not all the issues are the same. I would say that dimensions of the issues are the same, but when you go down to the problem itself, you will find different levels of complexity. And in those levels, there are different items that are present or not, depending on how complex you are. And, and that's basically why um, we, uh, I decided to, to write this book because I found that in less complexity situations, there are certain things that you can handle uh, just with a common sense, just doing the right questions to the person next to you and if we are aware that we don't want to make it deeper and complicated, there are certain things that we can solve among us because we are small. Um, mm. There are things that we have to take care of and other things that maybe are in your head, but this is not the time to talk about it. For example, it, and, and in the book, what I do is that I, I work with three kinds of complexities. The, and all are low complexity uh, levels. It's a family business of a couple. It's uh, um, he and her working together as a as a, um, as a business as, as a startup. Mm -hmm. Then you have the other uh, formula, which is the what we call the fraternal business. This is this is about two siblings, two brothers mm -hmm. that work together, and then you have the more complex of the of this low level complexity, which is the parent and children, but only two children. Uh, one that is working in the business and the other one is, is not working in the business. And those are the most common family business formula you will find in the whole world. You know, when I was working in the, in the draft of the book, I, I um, sent it to different friends in different parts of the world, Asia, Europe, America, uh, and they say, yes, we see that this is a very common formula of finding family businesses. They are the most common of these. Mm. And, and, and that was the, the idea to, to, to deliver that kind of help to those most common family business uh, that you can find. 
That's yeah. fantastic. And from your experience, um, walk us through the corporators, the startups. What, where are they in their evolution, and what challenges specifically are they facing? <laughs> well, at this level, you need to focus on the business. Basically, yeah. I will say that eighty percent of the time, you must to think in business. The family issues are things that you have to um, start to think about taking care on, on how to organize yourself, but mostly to improve the communication. If you create a way to deliver information in a, in a um, proper way that the communication work as it is needed, uh, and you can create a not so complicated organ of governance, and you can mm -hmm. call it board or council, whatever works better with you, that's the only thing that you really need. And, and, and the other thing is that once you create that, you should focus on what the purpose of this business that you have created. And those are conversations that can go so deep as you want or just can have a, a medium range of um, future that you can work on. Uh, but again, those must to be a help on working on the business. Business mm -hmm. is priority in these kind of complications. And then at what point do you, do you change, switch your focus? Because at some point that corporate startup, they may do, they may have kids and those kids may grow up and the corporate may divorce. Mm -hmm. um, and so they may become the parent with the two children. At what point do they switch? You, yeah, you can, you can, That that's why, because uh, uh, I've, I've been trying to, to understand this uh, idea through basically um, three chapters. The first chapter of improving communication, which is common to all of the situations that we are seeing, mm -hmm. then defining the purpose and then drafting the, the charter. So, mm -hmm. but you need to go in that sequence. First, let's improve communication. That work on the purpose because you need to have a, you need to have a good communication to talk about purpose for sure. For sure. and once you have that as a, as the goal that you want to go then you have to draft the rules that will define the way that we are going to do that so it's like a matrix you can see the three chapters and you can see the three different choices based on these three different kind of, of business so if you start as a couple and you can follow the rules, uh, you can follow the way until the rules, then if you evolve to a more uh, sophisticated business, you can jump and start over again from the formula of the, uh, of the family business of the parent and the children, and then start to improve a communication again, and then to define the purpose again with all of the different uh, persons that are working in that, and then define the new rules. And that's, the way that I think that if you can help them to evolve, uh, this guide can help. But at certain point, it's going to be a sophistication that you will try to handle. That this book will won't be enough. This book, yeah. this book has its limitation, and it's very clear when it says uh, we are. Uh, this book will help you with this level. If you need more help, uh, I suggest that you uh, contact someone that can help you because. Uh, it's very hard to lay your faith in only one book for that. But it's tremendous value for, I mean, 
tremendous value that one can still extract in getting started and getting organized as a family um, nonetheless. But I wanted to also understand more about the fraternal situation. There's two siblings that are working together. Uh, if you could share. Yes, more. this is my favorite one. Uh, that's because yeah, me too. I have I have brothers and sisters and it's um, it's a challenge uh, working with your with your in this case, these are two brothers. Uh, they have a construction company. Uh, of course, uh, I'm, I'm trying to uh, identify myself the, the best I can to, to, to explain better what I want to explain. And there's always, in every, in every couple of, of, of siblings, there's always the formula of one that is the commercial one and one that is the productive one. So the one that is producing whatever they do, the other one delivers and, and sells it. And those, when that formula works, those are the best teams. The, 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 the couple of, of siblings that works at that level, they really can create miracles. Uh, but they are also the more explosive teams. And every time that you have a problem with the brother, and if you have a brother or sister, you will find that we have we are that special kind of humans that we can fight in the morning and reconciliate in the afternoon. And nothing happens. And that's, that's the way that we do it. Mm -hmm. So having that in mind, you can start to, because you improve your communication, you can start to share your dreams with your, with your brother, with your sister, and start conversations in an orderly way that those dreams can be depicted and share with with the other and and then start to create a common share a, a common dream that will collect the best of the of the two worlds and because that kind of dynamic that can be uh uh in some in some in some sense uh, a hurricane of of feelings uh you can explore a lot of options and then once it, it, it settles, you can find what's the best for defining that purpose. Mm -hmm. And doing that with uh, a fraternal uh, uh, team, uh, it, it really gives you wonderful results. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Um, you've spoken a lot about improving communication and discovering shared purpose. Can, can you share some practical tips how people can do that? Well, uh, yes, you can have and improve on your communication once you start to know yourself. You know, we, we humans have um, uh, preferences and we, we like a, a specific way on communicate with the others. So how do you communicate with others start to understand how do you like, how do you prefer that the others communicate with you? And this has to be with uh, finding what's the tendency that you have uh, in um, um, personality description of your communications, uh, either if you are um, more uh, introverted or more extroverted, if you are more sensible or you are more thinker. And, and once you understand what's your preference, you will start then to identify the preferences of the others. And then you will see that there are certain things that you can do and things that you should not do in order to improve that communication. For example, 
if you are the kind of person that uh, like the direct communication, but you have discovered that your brother, he is the kind of, of person that he prefers, you know, let's talk a little bit more about it, let, let things about the possibilities and let's explore a little bit more. Uh, you will need to, if you want to get something from him, you will need to lower your expectations and help him to uh, uh, explore and guide him. Uh, but you have to understand that that's the way that this person prefers. On the other side, if you are the one who prefers to take more time to think about it, uh, you will have to ask to not to push me because if you push someone with that uh, preferences, you will block the, the outcome of, of, of that person. So once you understand how does it works, uh, and it's not that, that hard, it's very intuitive, you will see that if you are looking for common solutions, you have to work in a way to respect the preferences of the other. Mm. That's, that's how we do it. Fantastic. And on the purpose, how can we... And on the to... purpose, uh, the purpose is a consequence of um, defining a, a, a shared dream. So the best way to share a dream is to first define your own dream. And the way that you define your own dream is answering certain questions on what is the expectation that you have of the future related with the ownership, with with your uh, professional career, with your uh, family. How do you see yourself in the future as a family member? Um, how do you see yourself as a, a member of a, of a business? So once you respond to all the question of a questionnaire that is included in, in, the, in the book, you will see that there is a certain future that you are dreaming of that you would like that to happen to you. And then you share that with your brother, your children, your, your uh, spouse. And once you do that together, you will see that there are common things that you are sharing. And that's the way to uh, lock that shared dream. Let's focus on that. Let's think that this is the thing that we can, com we can commit together. And once we have that, then we will have to answer the final question. Why do we want this? Mm. And if you are able to respond, why do you have that as a goal? Then that's the purpose. Because everything that you will decide to do is related with that purpose. Because that is the answer of why do you take every decision that you make? Mm. That's the purpose. Fantastic. Um, you mentioned that there are limitations to the book. Can you explain what you meant by that? Yes, uh, that's because of the. Um, I mean, you are you are. Um, if you are a person that would like to do this uh, based on this guide, you will see that uh, if you are stuck in a conversation where you cannot find an answer, uh, you cannot use the tools that the, that the, the book gives you because it's based on, on certain good conditions to do the conversations. Mm. So what the book suggests is let's talk about the easy issues and that will give us some muscle to see if we can reach the next level of complexity of the conversation. But mm. eventually you will, have, you will find that there are certain things that you will need some external guide or um, someone who, that can help us, uh, help the, the, the people that is talking, uh, help on finding solutions to certain things. So mm. 
the, 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 the idea is, again, let's start with the easy. And once you see that you cannot keep on going forward, let's find some help uh, outside the system. And probably you will have someone that has helped you in the, in the past. Someone you trust, someone that, that you think that, that uh, really commits with the, with the, with the group. And, and those persons usually can help us to, you know, unstuck these situations. And what are like the examples of these complicating factors that you're alluding to? Is it like deep conflict or? Yeah, you can have. I mean, I think that the deep conflict is the is in the in the other in the other uh, side of the spectrum of complication. But you will have situations that are related basically on governance issue, on mm -hmm. who is the boss on, or, or who do I have to report to? Uh, those are the the typical. Uh, uh, or um, how do we establish rules for uh, how to use the, the resources of the company? Uh, are we going to use uh, the car company? Are we going to use uh, the, the, um, my house as a, as a depot for the, for the company? Or those, those kind of, of, of let's say, the simple issues that you can try to, to focus, but once you operate the lab, the level, you will see that maybe we have to talk about, uh, how much are we going to spend on, on, on our service and, and the business? What's, what's relate, what's the, the relationship with the next generation? Once they start to, to appear in, in those conversations, depending on the life cycle. So every time that you go further, and try to imagine new future scenarios, you will have more complicated uh, conversation. Mm. And something I've observed is quite often, of more than one business, um, there's usually multiple operating businesses or there's multiple activities, there's investments going on, or there's some kind of philanthropic activity going on. And for those people that have this portfolio of so much going on, what's your um, recommendation? Where do they start? Well, How okay, start? That, that's a typical situation that goes beyond this book. Beyond the so, scope of this yeah, book. we don't talk here about that. Uh, and I'm very clear that those are issues that uh, require some special guidance. But now that you ask, uh, I think that, again, the best way to, uh, to uh, to go through these uh, issues is starting to define the purpose because everything related with with philanthropic uh, issues, everything related with investment has to have a purpose. And that purpose must to be aligned with the purpose of the family and the owners of that uh, wealth. So if the family doesn't have that defined, the first thing that they should have is define that purpose, why they have to do that. And in order to do that, they, my recommendation is, again, start to improve your communication because you will need to have a good skill of communication to go through this conversation. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. everything in this, if you see that that way, everything can fit into the, the, the methodology of, of working on how to uh, get the rules to. Mm -hmm. And I want to take you back. You mentioned that you're from Venezuela and obviously Venezuela has been through a lot of change in the last few years, a lot of volatility and um, political risk is something that a lot of families have to um, 
to manage when we're in emerging market environments. I just wanted to know from your perspective, firstly, your observation of what's been going on in Venezuela. And secondly, how do the families you serve handle political risk or your thinking on how they can manage that? Mm -hmm. Well, yes, I think that everybody knows that the last 20, 25 years in Venezuela have been uh, the, the most difficult challenges for every private uh, initiative that would like to create wealth. That's basically what's been happening. Mm -hmm. And we still have uh, friends and family, but also clients in Venezuela that we work with, which are family businesses. And those are amazing family businesses because mm -hmm. they are survivors and they have a, a, a huge and um, a very uh, practical way to see how to uh, overcome of all of the challenges they've been facing in these two last decades. So the resilience of these families is amazing. They, they really can do everything. If they are, they are working and functioning right now, those are great family businesses because they have faced everything that you can imagine. Uh, an overthrow uh, of, the, of the power of the, of the private uh, um, power in society, Mm -hmm. uh, dealing with social issues, uh, trying to wash the face of the entrepreneurial that's been uh, uh, punished by the government, um, migration of the of the of workers of the of the own family, families that are spread around the world, um, and that's a big issue. We have to work. We start working in Zoom with in Venezuela because mm -hmm. most of the owners have their children uh, overseas. And, and that, that's a challenge and a challenge and a new challenge. And every day there is a new challenge. So what we have learned are lessons on resilience. Mm -hmm. And that's basically um, uh, a lesson that is uh, a way of understanding how to deal with the faith that the future is going to be better than wow. that is today. And that's, that's our main lesson. If you want to survive, you have to have faith. It's the only way. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Um, I really wasn't expecting you to say that. And that's really made me think. Because as you were describing the, the, the transitions and the changes that have been happening in Venezuela over the last couple of decades, it really, it was like you were describing Nigeria. Um, um, Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and you have and and I mean you. I understand you because we've been invited as presenters in in countries where the political and social situation is very hard for the for the family businesses. Yeah. And we've been delivering this uh, speech in Lebanon, in Poland. Uh, we haven't done it yet in Ukraine, but I, I cannot I can assure you that. Uh, Ukrainians that are working right now as family business, the only way to keep on going is having faith. It's the only way. And that's the main thing. That's so how do you find that faith when everything around you is just it feels like it's falling apart? Hmm. Well, I think that this is um, a natural thing in family businesses. You know, and business are based on an entrepreneurial dream. They are always entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are dreamers. Dreamers have faith. Mm. And that's the spirit of the family business, is the faith 
that we can do it better. We are going to go through the difficulties. Most of the families that you will see that are working in those conditions, again, they are the survivors. There are many families that did, they, they couldn't make it. And, and, but the, the one that survives, they are really masters of, of the faith. Because you, it's really interesting. Um, you know, economics will say risk where there's a high risk, um, there should be a high reward, but there's, there should be, again, you should define your risk tolerance. And for a lot of, I guess, investment allocators or people that can take decisions, their decision will be the risk is too high. We pull out of this kind of an environment. Um, mm -hmm. And essentially what you're saying is, well, yeah, the risk is high, but we have faith that tomorrow will be better. Yes. And so we will tolerate today's risk in exchange for upside tomorrow. Yes, that's that's the way we we've been witnessing these um, survivals of this environment. This very, if you, there is a, a Buka uh, a scenario, you will find them in Nigeria, in Venezuela, in Ukraine, and 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 the resilience is all about faith. It's all about. Of course, you need you need a lot of things. You need a good communication. You have you need yeah. governance. You you need. You need a lot of, of social capital as well. Yes, yes, and and you have to be very practical. You you have to yeah. move fast. You need flexibility. You have you need yeah. a lot of things, but uh, that you way, don't necessarily need in a more stable environment. Yes, things that you you will need, of course. But once you have mastered uh, how to deal with these challenging situations, you can do practically everything in, in other countries, in other environments, and and. And I think that there will be a, my understand of the cycles of the businesses is that there will be a very important next generation of business from those countries that will be leading most of the industries in the next, in the next years. The same thing that happened with China, with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, with India, uh, they have a very tough time 20, 30 years ago. Now they are leading the world. In most mm -hmm. of the industries things like that uh, because you know as, as someone mentioned once uh, if you have a, a happy country you will have happy people easy decisions makers uh, but when the thing gets tough then you will need to find their their real heroes and those are the ones that creates great countries mm. basically mm. fantastic fantastic um thank you so much this has been phenomenal if anyone wants to learn how to, where to get your book, where to learn more about your work, where can they find you? Yeah. Okay, uh, you can have my book. You can find it. Uh, all of my books, most of them are in Spanish, but we have this uh, uh, "A Road to Triumph in Family Business" is in English, and you can find it easily in Amazon. You will have it in both uh, ebook and print edition. And it's worldwide available. So that's basically the same uh, um, access that you will have everywhere. And if you would like to know more about my work, you can visit my consultancy company uh, website, which is exaudi, E-X-A-U-D-I online.com, exaudi online. And you will find more of our work there in that webpage. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks again for the invitation.
I loved, loved, loved that. I love the piece on family businesses in emerging market environments and really unpacking what distinguishes them from more developed markets and really what are the learnings we can take just from the emerging market generally um, and how can we infuse that in our family enterprises. And for those of you that might be intrigued about this, um, there's a fascinating, fascinating um, YouTube video by a couple of thought leaders in the space from Landsberg, Gersick and Associates called Extremophiles. Definitely recommend you check that out there. They make a case for actually that family businesses that operate in extreme environments actually have an advantage to those that don't because they have to infuse high levels of strategic planning and resilience into their business models. It was really, really interesting. So definitely encourage you to check that out. And I loved the fact that Guillermo came about with this book with this whole concept of the possibility of you as a family business owner, not necessarily having to have a consultant across the table from you, but empowering you with the tools and techniques such that you can be your own consultant. And it's so practical. Um, I, I think, you know, essentially the starting point of being your own consultant or even having a consultant in the room is starting with conversations as a family. Whether, like he said, you are the one of those three archetypes, you're a couple that are building your business and you're in generation one, or you are the siblings' partners, or you are this multi-generational um, family, it all starts with the importance of conversations to get clear on shared mission, shared vision, shared values, shared purpose. So definitely encourage you to check that out. And yeah, so you can um, look for Guillermo's book. Like I mentioned, it's called The Road to Triumph in Family Business um, and check it out on his website. So thank you so much for tuning in. Take good care and God bless.